We can't thank you enough. Senator, House Atreides, Mr. President, local gas station manager, chiefs and fjordsmen, tribal leader Alkanga, prime minister, ecumenical patriarch, supreme general, abbot of Bornem Abbey, Duke Leto, chairman Rocketman, the entire cast of friends. We're just so happy you could all make it. We seriously can't thank you enough. Except for Ross. Of course. He always rubbed me and Jennifer Aniston the wrong way. Not to speak for you, Jennifer. She gets it. We all do. And I kissed her. Yeah, that's, that's right, buddy. You did. R- Ross, come on. Come back to the table, bud. Uh-uh. Okay, I think he wants to watch Discovery Channel. Yeah. Yeah, that's it? Okay, buddy. Uh, Nick, could you warm some milk for me and prepare the couch? I think we need to... My window? Oh my god! It may have just been one of the many people who can't stand Ross. Local gas station manager! Everybody up! Let's go! In the closet! Go, go, go! My knee! My adventuring days are done for! Okay, uh, roll call. Senator, there. House Atreides, there you are. Mr. President, got him. Local gas station. Shit, okay. Uh, Chieftain Fjordsman, uh, with the beard there. Tribal leader Alconga, there he is. Prime Minister. Uh, okay. The Prime Minister of Canada's dead. Ecumenical Patriarch, also dead. Supreme General, yes. Abbot of Boardman Abbey, yes. Duke Leto. There's a shield belt. Chairman Rocketman. Where? Oh, down there. Okay, little guy. And the entire cast of friends. One, two, three. Okay, all the important ones. And two machete men and animal masks. Like oh. Scooby-Doo. Fucking shit, man. Really? You had to do that in front of me? We expect those inheritances within a week and 10% ad revenue moving forward. Brian, why? This is the kind of thing that I would normally do. And we expect to get. Uh, okay, Jennifer Aniston is going strong. Go, Jenny, go! Yeah, no, that's fine. She, she definitely deserves to. Oh! Oh, ooh. Oh, God. Oof. Oof. Oh, man. I, uh... Well, I, I don't want to say it, but... I know. She still looks great. God How can damn. you age that gracefully? She's a national treasure. Wow. Okay, so... Everyone kind of died. Yeah, this was all for nothing. Hello, and welcome to the podcast from the Black Lagoon's December special. Where we metaphorically slice and dice our way through horror films of old and new. I'm Brian, with a message from Simply Safe's unconscionable marketing team. As you listen to this episode, make sure you're constantly imagining you and your family being stalked, beaten, and killed, unless you're giving us money, in which case you're immune from the darkest parts of humanity. And I'm Nicholas Alexander Hacks, Aussie survivalist, who grew okay. up in the bush. So today, if you didn't tell by the title, we are talking about 2011's You're Next. In a world where college girls either date their professors or date a rich, balding, middle-aged man whose fuck game is weak. (laughs) The furries have infiltrated a rich white family's home with sinister deeds coming into motion. But are they a match for the Aussie final girl, Aaron. I like that one. You know, this was the perfect mesh between a totally workable real synopsis and a fun Nick synopsis. I think this was a good one. We'll, we'll put this in as a success. So one thing I do want to do, all right, before I force you out of your favorite section here, I do have something special to share with you. Uh, I, I found this while lo- looking through the marketing materials for this movie. 
I think anyone listening to this podcast is a horror fan, so they kind of know that they marketed the hell out of this film in 2013, I think, was when the marketing really kicked up. Because that's when it got like passed around by Lionsgate. I think initially mm-hmm. the 2011 yeah. is when it was in film festivals. Yep. So when they got like a major distributor, they were huge and it was like everywhere and it became like the teen movie to watch. And Dominique and I both have memories of independently going to the theater and like trying to see this movie that people talked about. And that's cool and all, but they also like cut out violence out of the film to make it more marketable, which is an interesting thing to read up on as well. Yeah. But the taglines for this movie, they're pretty weird. I, I, I'm going to read some of these real quick before we get started. So, for it. all right, imagine you see this great gritty trailer for this movie, all right? And then by the end of it, you're ready to buy a ticket and the tagline slowly fades on the screen. And this is what you get. The animals will hunt you. Okay, that's all right, but it's not great. They will hunt you. Kind of weak. A... Hunt, sweet hunt. Not, cunt, not too sweet bad. Cunt. Yeah, there it is. And they also cover all conditions of like door locking and home security. So they say, did you lock your doors? Okay. A tagline. And then someone said, well, hold on. But what do they do lock their doors normally? Your door may be locked, but it won't protect you. It's a tagline for a movie. <laughs> and then, okay. Don't bother locking the doors. Animals don't use doors. <laughs> Somebody made that. A tagline for this movie. And here's my tagline. Furries on a prowl. It's better. That is better than animals don't use doors. What? <laughs> the winner, the one thankfully they did use. This is the one that I remember from, from the trailers back when. Home is where the hunt is. That's good. That's a good tagline. All of the others are garbage. <laughs> Home is where the cunt is. I can't I can't help that. You're, you're a natural marketer, man. So, you can't help it. So, um, so you, you saw this in, the, in theaters, right? That's what you I said? I did when it came out. So I did not. Sadly, I did not. And I wanted to go into a little story about how I came across this movie. So I had to get my wisdom teeth removed. I had, I had three, three of them that were impacted. Mm-hmm. They they were sort of just crushing my other teeth and pushing them all together. So my my doc, my dentist was like, "We need to remove these." I gave him the thumbs up, and they put like six shots on each side of my jaw. So. No, not six each, but three three needles going into my jawline Ooh, to numb numb, to okay. numb my mouth, which was an experience experience. I enjoyed my time as a six sadistic fuck, and like, I had this to is great. <laughs> it was the middle of the night after I got my teeth removed. I'm in a lot of pain after the numbness wore off, and we got our we got my prescription ready to go to Walmart to pick it up had to wait in Walmart so as we're waiting we're getting groceries and i like to go through the electronic section look at movies look at video games see what's what's out what's new and i saw sitting in the shelf a masked man in a, in a fox mask with the title You're Next. I had no idea what this movie was about. In my lethargy, me being lethargic, lethargy, is lethargy a word? I don't mm-hmm. think. Leth- yeah. Okay. It, 
Did I use that in the right connotation? You did. Uh, okay, cool. In my lethargy, I I picked it up. It was cheap. Uh, and I said to myself, I'm going to get this. And what I'm going to do is we're going to get dinner. And I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch this movie. We got pizza from Jet's Pizza, which is my favorite pizza of all time. Fuck everything else. Jet's Pizza is like hands down the best that I've ever had until proven otherwise. And I got a like an iced coffee or whatever from Dunkin'. And I was happy. Even though I wasn't supposed to be eating solid foods or sucking on straws, I did it anyways. And I was happy. And this is I, right after your wisdom tooth surgery? Wisdom teeth. Plural. Uh-huh. Three. 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 We're talking hours after operation. I, suppo- I was supposed to get four, but I said leave the fourth one in. I still have my fourth wisdom tooth because I figured it's not necessary to take all of them out. The The fourth one wasn't doing damage. It's just there. So sitting there, I put the movie in, drug myself up because it was time to take my medication. <laughs> I was so high sitting through this movie. I sat through the movie all the way through lethargic as fuck, enjoying my time, I decided that this movie was so good that I'm going to watch it again the same night, right after (laughs) I finished it. I've never done that with any other movie. This was the only movie that I've ever decided, I'm going to watch it again. Because I, I had, like, this was, regardless of me being drugged up, I enjoyed this movie so much. And I could prove that. I told Brian that the night before recording this episode, I watched the movie. And on recording day, when I got up this morning, I decided to put it on again. But this time with commentary. Wow, I stumped on the word commentary. whoop do fucking do Anyways, nonetheless, I enjoyed this movie. Let's get to the guts of the film. When there's no more room in hell... The dead will walk the earth. Okay, so this is an Adam Wingard film. He'd go on to make uh, the very wonderful VHS in 2012, and then the very horrible Blair Witch in 2016-ish. And it was written by a guy named Simon Barrett. Uh, He was also apparently the Tiger Mask guy, Mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. And that guy also wrote VHS and was apparently like really into Agatha Christie novels, which is cool. I like seeing the stuff yeah, about the writer's process. Yeah, these are like your your he, like classic ingenious mystery novels. Yeah, he and talked you can about feel that in the commentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he talked cool. about that in the commentary. And you can they, feel that in the movie, kind of an air of like thriller mystery on top of the normal kind of slasher beats that we go through. Mm-hmm. And that's such an important thing because that tiny decision, it isn't necessarily in every scene of the movie but it's in the framing of the plot and that tiny decision to frame the plot in this way makes this more than a well-acted generic film it makes it good it's got like a heartbeat to it it has something else there and more substance and the performances are really good even though the characters are kind of basic the people who play them are like they're charismatic and good the the brotherly banter is like pulled off well that would normally be a really cringeworthy thing to try to get like family banter. They nailed it. It was pretty fun. It was funny. When, when Crispin, when Mr. Crispy, 
meets his older brother the very next day. That entire interaction was freestyled. It wasn't on script. A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of the scenes in this movie are completely like off the cuff, which cool. is amazing and really fucking cool. And uh, the kangaroo battle was improv. <laughs> yep, the kangaroo battle was improv. That's cool. The the older brother was perfect for that role. He was such a jerk. He kind of reminds <laughs> me of like loving. <laughs> he he reminds me of off-brand Dan- Daniel Tosh from Tosh Point oh. I can see that. He yeah. kind of he kind of looks like that. He kind of has that that look I gotta, in his face. There's a guy in uh, Workaholics who reminds me a lot of him too. Mm-hmm. I, I forget. I don't know their names. I haven't watched that show much. But he had such a like funny way about him where he could he could really in like a cloaked way insult his little brother and belittle him, but mm-hmm. make it seem like what I'm not doing anything. And that was such a perfect way to to be just a horrible human being. It's <laughs> it's amazing how this movie is not only a home invasion film, but it is also a dark comedy, which yeah. I fucking love. Yeah. It's not straight up comedy. There's no jokes within this movie. It is by circumstance funny things happen within within the the interactions of the characters so right uh i remember them uh the the older brother uh drake and his wife talking to tyreek uh, who's a who who's a director in documentaries an underground and, documentary director debut underground documentary director <laughs> you're like have you have you made any commercials He's like, no, I do documentaries only. And he's like, oh, I don't think that you should, like... I've seen some documentary commercials. I don't think that it should pertain to, like, one one form of art. And the wife is, like, agreeing with him. And she's (laughs) like, yeah, that's why I watch TV nowadays. It's the commercials. (laughs) Like, what fucking person watches television for the commercials? Nowadays, (laughs) we try to get away from that bullshit. Mm -hmm. And it's slowly being integrated within the... Not slowly. It's become integrated within streaming. It's so invasive. Three seconds on YouTube is too much for 90% of us. It's just like, I can't. Three seconds to skip? No. (laughs) I can can understand people wanting to... Like... Needing to make money off of ad revenue, which we kind of do. Please sponsor us. Please. <laughs> we'll do anything. We'll sell dildos if you need us. Uh, if that's your industry, we'll, we'll do it, I guess. It's a niche whatever, industry. <laughs> as long as it isn't child. No. So why would that. Okay. What were you going to say? <laughs> I'm not going there. That's too controversial. Good. Uh, so. Uh, and and another thing, um, Tyreek making his own documentary on the final moments of his death as a flying object flies through the window, <laughs> penetrating him sexually in the skull. He gets skull fucked with an arrow. Mm. That needs to be a song. If. <laughs> it, I, I know Fucked with a Knife was already a song by Cannibal Corpse, but Skull Fucked with an Arrow. Spiritual successor. Yeah. Yep. It, it's the sister of of 
fucking with inanimate objects with weapons. That, that, that scene is about where I decided that this movie is going to be worth watching. But it did take until that moment. There were moments that I liked in the beginning where it's like, wow, these actors are really good and it's really well made. Like, it looks beautiful. The film is very mm-hmm. well filmed. And it's not, it doesn't feel low budget. It, it feels like these guys know what they're doing. But the exposition dragged on for half an hour. And part of me, like, I was like into the banter, but it wore really thin. There wasn't enough substance there to hold it up that long until something happens. And in the show notes, I saw that they, after the film festival screening, apparently they got criticism about the length of the mm-hmm. exposition, which yeah. is well-founded. So they shaved it down a bit, but like by a few seconds or a minute, and it's like, it's not enough. If this movie moved, like right off the bat, it's moving, we get the exhibition, we're into it. This could be riveting, but there is that dead period at the beginning where there are little gems in there, but it's totally I'd... excess. Honestly, I have no problem with it. I haven't... I literally, I've sat through this movie multiple times and I cannot find a single problem with the pacing. I really mm. just, I sit down and I don't feel bored. I feel, I, I get happy when I watch this movie. It's, it almost brings a tear to my eye when that girl gets her throat slit open and everybody's freaking the fuck out. That's something just... worth talking about because this film does have <laughs> like a, a underground brutality to it. And mm-hmm. I think that's because it was yeah. a film, it was a film festival circuit movie which means there is more creative freedom. And the, the version we got cut out scenes like apparently a dog was originally decapitated in the original one. And they, their publishers were like, we don't open movies with dogs having their heads cut off. So they're like, okay, we'll censor it. And that's the version we were watching. And um, But there's still an air of dread and darkness to it. I... Like it isn't fun slasher like, and oh, he died in a crazy way. Did you see that? Whoa, we're all scared. It's like, my wife is dead. It's like grief. Yeah, there's and there's such a sense of like everybody dread. who's dying is in love with somebody else who's going to hate that they're gone and is somehow familiarly linked to everybody else. So every death has weight to it except for the documentary guy who very fairly died first because no one cared about him. <laughs> but everyone else is like they're linked. There's love there. There's there's companionship. It's almost like the, the one good decision that Alien Covenant made is that it's a colonizing mission. So everyone who dies has a significant other who's going to grieve them. It isn't just like we're at a camp where we're all buddies and it's just a, an anonymous friend group dying that you don't really care about. It had that that connection to it. That was a good idea. Yeah. And it, the the soundtrack? Oh. So, yeah. Oh my fucking god. I I the don't motif know of why looking for the magic by the Dwight the Dwight Twilly band I had so much trouble saying that without <laughs> looking at my phone but I remember the director talking about trying to pay for the rights of this movie and the the, the singer of the band's wife uh, told him you went looking for the magic, but you can't afford the fucking magic. Oh. <laughs> and he got so upset about that. Uh, and uh, I guess, yeah, that 
that was like, like deliberately jerky thing to do mm-hmm. like that's such a conscious form of ugliness <laughs> i found it funny she sat though. back and, and sipped her wine and laughed to herself and said oh what it's like at the, the top <laughs> the the only good song that you guys actually have that's memorable yeah yep. looking for the magic yep but that's a good song it's really good what, cool. and what's really crazy is they paid for a different version which was a cover version of that song at for the credits mm-hmm. and they were going to use that version throughout the rest of the movie but eventually they got the rights to the original okay so they just used that in the in in the throughout the rest of the movie except for the credits which the reason being it would have been even more expensive to put it in the credits than it would be to have it in the film itself. Right. Okay. Which, yeah, which, that makes sense. Yeah. Understandable. But yeah, the, the dread in this movie, the just people yeah. grieving, people freaking the fuck out. He has a fucking arrow in his back. Stop yelling at me, Kelly. The back <laughs> and forth between all these characters flipping their shit Aaron staying calm. Yeah. Aaron, like, we don't find out that Aaron's our lead final girl until shit hits the fan. We go from just looking at just everybody and everything's calm, then Tyreek takes an arrow to the head. You know, he used to be an adventurer, but no longer is. And middle uh, school flashbacks, and then we kind of, <laughs> yep, and then we kind of get, uh, we kind of get into a perspective of Aaron, and um, I just I love this character. I point, she's kind of the everyone point, played their roles really well, but she's kind of the only <laughs> character with any depth whatsoever. And if you're watching our uncut video version of the episode you can see Aaron behind me getting her axe ready to chop my head off yeah she does look like she's very mad at you and she's getting ready to kill you um, well I tried to kill my rich family members Yeah. Uh, and, and if for, you're watching the Patreon for, version and you're looking at my screen my roommates in the background just ignore him <laughs> yeah, that's you, a joke for our Patreon subscribers I, I, I don't I think your your friend's been masturbating too much because his hands are... What a grisly interpretation of the scene from The Thing. <laughs> that changes the entire plot of the film and makes this scene horribly pathetic. Anti, anti-masturbation jokes. Don't masturbate, Oof. you little Timmy, or your hands are going to look like that when Yikes. you get older. Wow. Uh, I will never watch that scene the same way again. On Aaron. So, again, she's the only character that felt like she actually had substance. Everybody else was a bit basic, but the performances were so good that I didn't care and I could look past it. But I would have liked some, like, more to these people than just kind of the gimmicky, like, I'm the I'm the, the holier-than-thou one, and I'm the holier-than-thou one's wife, and I'm the deadbeat, and I'm the... It's kind of like, okay, I get it. Aaron is cool because her character isn't, like, like... Like the relatable genius, she's like hot. they would have normally. The inventive girl, she's like pure instinctual pragmatism. <laughs> it's just like she does what she has to do in the moment. She doesn't make it like a superficial, like I'm a survivalist. It's just like she's living off pure instinct. And when others are letting their emotions get to them, 
she's the one who's trying to be more pragmatic. Well, it's and that ex- felt good. It's explained that she grew up in a survivalist compound. That's all that needs to be said. Yeah, I it grew didn't up get overboard. Yeah, and so I just I fucking love this character. I love I love I love this character so much because she really takes the final girl to like sort of a whole new level as to where in Friday the 13th, the final girl doesn't become the final girl until the very Mm. last section of the movie, the the final act for the final girl where she fights off the killer. No, that this motherfucker, Aaron, Aaron just decides, okay, well I'm going to put on my big girl pants, whip out my giant ass clitoris and fuck these killers the uh, meat tenderizer moment. Oh, where you get the tenderizer my. back of his head. Was that the like, lamb? That I was had the, fun with that. I that think was, it was. Yeah. Yep. Lamb chops. And lamb there, chops there's some people. great little artistry where they're like, we don't want this to just be her killing people. Mm. So they snip in between her, just delivering these death blows to this guy. A moment of her in bed with with her husband, and they're talking about like kind of ruminating about marriage. And like a long marriage and what it would be like. And then it's just her bashing the guy's head in. Normally that would feel really cliche. But it, here it felt kind of contrived and it felt kind of cool. Like it worked for me. Yeah. That was neat. And it, it added some more, some heart to it. And uh, the, the film keeps kind of ramping up in intensity and, and it feels good. It feels like it moves quickly. There's some inventiveness to it. And by the end, I do want to say the ending was an absolute flat note for me. Like, everything was, like, so many dumb decisions were made in the last 10 minutes of this movie that I started just, like, what? How did you unmoor all of that great filmmaking in the last act? <laughs> How? So, well, before we before we even get to that, sure. before we even discuss that, I kind of want to go back to the, the throat hitting the wire yeah, scene, sure. which... Oh my god. Every time I see that specific scene is a cringe factor for me. Mm-hmm. I can't handle it. It's so bad. It's not not bad as in this this is shit. It's so well done, which yeah. surprisingly it didn't work out when they were filming, which made it work out in a strange way because originally there was supposed to be spurts of blood shooting out all over the mother. Oh wow. But <laughs> it the it was malfunctioning. So I I think it, I think it worked perfectly fine for for the malfunctions and everything. Yeah. But and overall I, that oh my god, listening listening to the family members and looking at the reactions as the little girl is dying and the mother is in hysteria. Holy fucking shit. This is one of the few movies like this that kind of are exist to rack up a kill count that actually care enough to let you sit with screaming loved ones after they watch their kid just get opened up in front of them. And there's there's so much in that scene that we learn, like the inventiveness of these killers, firstly, that they knew what was going to happen, like they've done this before. Also, the, how ready the family was to let this girl run out into danger. They were that desperate to get out. 
And then her dedication to her family and herself, she's prepping herself like, I'm going to run, open up the door right away, last second, we're going to do this. They're all coming together. And then everything is just, nope, not going to happen. There's such a sad desperation to the whole scene. And it ends, it's the worst case scenario. Like right off the bat, we're like, all right, this is not something you guys are getting out of. Really well done. Super well done scene. You guys never give me any credit for Mm. anything. I love the jerk brother when he has an arrow in his back. And they're like, who's the fastest runner? He's like, well, I would be, but I have an arrow in my back. So like he has to defend his ego. (laughs) He's got an arrow in him. And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, I'd be faster than all of you, but I'm kind of hurt right now. What a jerk. (laughs) And then uh, was it Crispin's like, what does an arrow in your back have to do with your legs? And then the wife's like, he has a fucking arrow in his back. Stop yelling at me, Kelly. I have to do that over and over again. That scene, it's so comedic and yet so disturbing. Yeah. Again, people, black comedy, which I feel we need more of in in horror in general. We need more scenes where it's funny, but it's not meant to be funny. Yeah, on it, purpose. It's a really hard line that is to really mm. subtly weave in those funny elements without betraying the point of the movie. If somebody the tone of the movie, and they did it really well. Uh, again, just the ending is mm-hmm. a gigantic pool of betraying everything the movie sets up, like the tone, the characters, every like all of it's just kind of flipped over. We'll get there when when yeah. you're ready. But yeah. are there any other points you want to bring I... up? If somebody asks me, well, what's my favorite comedy? I'm just going to tell them it's this. And I'm You're gonna next. S- what a it, hoot. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. I, I couldn't stop laughing. I was howling. You know what would be really fucking funny? If they spelt your next without the... Uh, apostrophe. Apostrophe. Yeah. yeah. Like a possessive your next. <laughs> it was just your next. It's your next. You own it, man. Like, whatever that means. <laughs> I think I think this killer needs to go back to school. I I don't know. It's your next. Yeah, you know what? Part of me appreciates the enlightened killer who did spell it correctly with the contraction. That that's a moment of oh, they're 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 intelligent, aren't they? <laughs> what if they just didn't do that though? And how many people would be so pissed off? That'd be a good way to figure out the type of people you shouldn't be friends with. When they're like, excuse me, there should be an apostrophe there. I feel like... like, Oh, so we're avoiding you, aren't we? (laughs) I I feel like I'm that kind of person, but not to that extent. Because I have problems with my punctuation and grammar as is. But I know when to use your and your. And I see... It's basic grammar, yeah. (laughs) Everybody on the internet does uh, not use your they use your like in, in it's funny in the world of professional writing you have the least amount of grammar nazi people it's very the, the people i talk to every day are like the most accepting and like they realize you're a human being mm-hmm, and right. when you're outside of that people who read like like or I, or spend five minutes on like thesaurus.com they're the ones who were like, well, I am enlightened and highly educated in grammar. It's like, nobody does this. <laughs> I try not, I try not to fucking be a grammar Nazi because I have no room to talk. I know <laughs> I have no room to talk, but yet I still talk shit. <laughs> I'm an Aries, everybody. I talk Uh-oh. shit. 
talk yep. a lot of smack. Whatever. Astrology that's uh-huh. an episode. <laughs> I kind of believe in it. Let's let's be honest. To each the, his own. The, yeah, <laughs> you don't. I know you don't. You're like. Uh... I I believe in other wishy washy things, but astrology mm-hmm. isn't one of the ones that I believe in. We all have our our things. I get that. Yeah. Okay. So, are you ready to talk about the end? Sure. Why not? It was dumb. <laughs> okay. Well, what was dumb about it? What okay. Parts? So they set up the movie, right? Mm-hmm. It is dark. It's dreary. It's gonna go where other mainstream horror films won't go. You're going to see a mom macheted to death on her bed crying about the loss of her kids. And it's going to happen. No last minute save. No anything. It's going to happen in front of you. Family members are going to see it. They're going to collapse. They're going to break into a million pieces psychologically and die. Wow. What a movie. At the end, we're expecting one last cherry on top. Shock me again. Tell me you aren't like every other fucking movie in theaters. How do they do it? We get the twist. That's fine. The guy's monologue at the end, it's really stilted and dumb. It would have been better if he walked in and said, yeah, I was going to kill everybody. And then we find out that that Aaron's survival was inauthentic. Her life wasn't really in danger until she, like, initiated combat. But there's an element of, like, oh, they were never actually going to kill you. That's almost kind of an ego insult. (laughs) That's kind of cool. And then we move on, and he keeps talking, and then he keeps talking, and it just gets weird and stilted. And it's like, all right, this has been like five minutes of you just talking at me. And then she kills me. It's like, okay, I can buy that. And then the cops shoot Aaron. And at that moment, I think, yes, this is the movie. This is a movie I would recommend to people, which is a hard thing for me to do. This is a film that's like, wow, this is a movie that will shock you. It's going to invert your expectations all the way up to the end. That was the cherry on top that made the whole film fall in line with dark, helpless, nihilistic Don't nonsense. tell me. Don't tell me you have a pro- a problem with the cop opening up the door and setting off the trap. I have a problem when he shoots Aaron. It's this moment of like, no, she did it. She did everything. She killed all of them. She survived and lost everything she had. And now she's here and then she gets shot. What an incredible moment. But they didn't have the gall to stick with it. They did this dumb hand out of the grave last second. She's perfectly fine. The cop walks in and it's like, okay, so she's alive. That's dumb. And then the insult to injury, the salt on the wound. This isn't a big issue, but it's dumb. After we see her perfectly fine, say, oh, wait, no, don't. And he opens the door and does get hit. That's a fun movie ending for these slasher type films. I don't have an mm-hmm. issue with it, but I have an issue with that. Salting the wound of this girl having being shot for no reason. What do you she mean is for fine? What do you she's mean for totally no... fine? She was shot. They make it look like she's gonna die, and then she's like perfectly healthy and pippy. Like, oh wait, no, don't open that door. I set a trap on it. She was crawling. Everybody. She, she was... was fine. She, she was, was crawling. Fine. She People was not had their fine. Their necks opened up. Their brains blended. She was she shot was in the shoulder. The she, yeah, was she was shot on in the, the shoulder, and she got taken off by. She got taken off her feet by the bullet. She got hit in the shoulder. She was crawling. She didn't get up and be like, no, don't do that. A guy had his brain blended. She got shot in the shoulder. <laughs> the The one thing that would have made this movie like, know really the, sit with me was what, bullshit. You want to know what happened in the original ending? What? She gets her brains blown out. Good. No. That would have been astonishing. I don't agree with that. It would have been I such don't... a great risk. Okay, I... 
to an, a certain extent, I kind of agree with that. This but ended like conjuring the reason, movies end. <laughs> the, the reason why they didn't go with that is because you're sitting there, you're rooting for this character, and for it to go nowhere but for her to die, it kind of just feels like for, for nothing, which I kind of agree yeah, with. That's, yeah. No, it <laughs> exactly. doesn't have to be that way, though. It it's, doesn't. She, she's a final girl. That's so that's why I'm I'm like cool. There's there's a possibility of them making a sequel. I would love the monetary part also bothered me. Of we could get more out of her, so let's bring her back last second and then have a dude die. It felt like really weak writing. It felt like something that I think but actually you... the the um, distribution company told them to change the ending. I think I read something about that too. Mm-hmm. It felt like a last second. Like well, maybe we should take this over. We'll, well we'll do this. Do you watch the credits or anything like that? When we no. watch movies, no. I'll, I'll skim through them to see if there's anything, but I didn't this time. Uh, so, they do like a criminal sort of uh, like they take pictures and stuff mm-hmm. of like the crime scenes and everything. And Aaron's picture is taken, and under it, it 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 writes "suspect?" question mark, and then shows all the other bodies and stuff mm-hmm. with the actors and actresses' names on it. Yeah, I I like the thought of her being in questioning. Like it takes place right after the first movie. She's being in question. She's being questioned about everything that happened, and um, I guess oh I don't know. Uh, the killers are a part of a cult or whatever. I I'm trying to like grasp at straws of what they can do because yeah. I don't want like another random white rich family getting slaughtered and yeah. so it wouldn't work. Taking the ending as <coughs> what it was, the I guess revised version, um, it does again. It feels like it betrays all of the momentum of the movie. But even even if you take that for what it is and pretend that that was their writer's best version and it wasn't a compromise, it still could have been done better. It was still long and weird and not tonally fitting. From what I heard, they had a short, limited amount of time to... Oh, I think that's true for all movies, yeah. It sucks. Making well, movies is miserable. <laughs> not not all movies. A lot, a lot of movies have, like, this... Like, they have a deadline, obviously, but they have, like, all this time. They, they only had, like, a few months to make this movie happen. And the owners of the house... Or like they thought they were college students doing like a school project, and they were there for months. And they were like, "You thought we were college students? We have like fifty people with us. No, we have a million dollars to spend on this movie. <laughs> no, which I, I, I kind of have to say this: the house is the main star of the movie because yeah. it was like a nineteen twenties antique home." Mm-hmm. And they, they furnished it with carpet and stuff, so when blood was being shedded, they didn't get any on the wood flooring. Hmm. So, yeah. I think, I, I don't know, I, I thought the house was beautiful. It was well shot. There, there were so many different angles of the house, so you didn't get the same bland old, oh, there's the house again. It was beautifully filmed. Yeah, it was like well filmed. The soundtrack was amazing. The synth wave uh, See, track. I didn't of... hear much of it. Yeah, there was that one track I heard. So much of the soundtrack was like this emergent, quiet thing, 
and I hardly picked up on it until that one obvious track kind of popped out. Run, motherfucker. Kind of like, that's yeah, what, yeah. That that song, Run, motherfucker, is so iconic, and they even mentioned John Carpenter as being an inspiration, which oh, yeah. I got totally got totally. And it's like one of my favorite songs to come out of a horror movie. I love Run, motherfucker. It's such I, a good song. It gives you so pumped and ready and. Whenever Aaron is like killing off these killers, defending herself, you're listening to the synth wave track, and it really it blends well. It, it totally does. That that was what should be the soundtrack to the film. I, I wish there was more of that throughout the whole film. But like it follows, kind of does that where they 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 take that style and merge it into the movie itself but and Brian, it's a riveting thing don't you love the the cd that only has one song looking for the magic by dwight tilly or these guys are new enemies at least his wife is <laughs> she just like <laughs> the new target of the black lagoon <laughs> take her down a peg uh i I thought most of the soundtrack was like, I didn't notice it, which means it wasn't bad, which is fine. And then that mm. one song was good. So that's probably the best I can say about the soundtrack. It was really cool. It was a great sequence. I mean, there there's subtle parts, like, within the, within the film, especially towards the final act where, where Aaron is trying to survive. And I don't know, I... I I didn't have a problem with the ending. I liked it for what it was. And we're not getting a sequel, so at least anytime soon, which is completely fine. Yeah. I don't think it really garners a sequel, but if there was a sequel, count my fucking ass in a goddamn seat because I want to watch that shit take my money. Because uh, I would love to see where they would explore this world. Maybe there's like a cult, because I I don't I guess I guess the killers were military because uh what what was the 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 edgy young young sibling? Oh he, yeah, what was he? I don't remember. He was but clearly Z. no good. He knew a bit too much about Nick, like I think like oh they Nick. must be blocking our cell phones. <laughs> like he had an interesting. You knowledge. would fucking know that, you low life. <laughs> yeah. Why are you calling me a low life for? Like, you know, you guys should be using VPNs. He seemed like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, no, we're not sponsored by by Norse VPN. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Nord VPN. We'll, we'll take call it. A, call, call us. We'll, we'll do anything. <laughs> I'll suck your dick for a sponsor. There's my dog. There she is. He... There he is. I misgender every single dog I come across. It is a joke with Dominique that if I ever come across a dog, I will never get it right. What, what did you think about the beginning of the movie, the way that it started? Just It was your typical horror movie intro. It, I liked the energy, but... Oh, I did too. Like, yeah. the, like the, the pullout game is so weak. Oh, that part, particularly. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like... It didn't. If I just saw the beginning, I wouldn't have thought that the movie would be so competent as it was. Right. It was a fine beginning. It yeah. does. It does like a bait and switch. It's like giving you something that you think you're gonna expect. It's like, oh, it's 
one of those movies again. But we only get one sex scene, and we only get two pairs of titties throughout this whole entire movie. So, also, fuck me next to your dead mom, then. You don't, you don't ever want to do anything fun with me. I don't think that's a fair criticism to make. Then fuck me next to your dead mom, then. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. If you were put into that situation, what would you do? I don't, if I was married to, to, to somebody or like dating somebody like that, what would I do? These are the things that I ask myself. Would I do those things? It was a deep moment in this film. We can all agree. <laughs> mm-hmm, best moment ever. Oscar worthy. Yeah. Even. Fuck me next to your dead mom then. I think that new scene was the the distributor's idea to replace the dead dog scene. Originally, the dog's supposed to have his head cut off. The guy finds his dead dog, and wonder, that's the beginning of the movie. I wonder if we Whoa. can, if it's out there somewhere, if we can find the They aired origin- the festivals. I bet. I bet. There must be like a collector's item version of this. That's the film festival <gasps> version. If I could get oh, my yeah. hands on that. That was made for you. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh please! I hate I hate when dogs die in movies, but yeah. oh, please! See, if... that's the riskiness, man. So a dog died in the film. The whole movie is grief-ridden, and then she just gets her head blown off at the end. That is a movie. That is a punk movie. That isn't like, well, we can't really kill her. What if it's a sequel? We have to please our distributor. It's like, no, that just kill her at the end. That's a film you talk about. See, a lot of <laughs> movies I like. Dread. I love dread, especially yeah. when it ends on a dreadful note. But this movie didn't need to end on a dreadful note. There was enough dread as is. It just it would be too fucking depressing, I think. I would have been so up for it, but that's okay. <laughs> two two different sides. That's okay. You know, potato potato. Whatever. <laughs> I but I can I agree to disagree. I I agree and disagree. How about that? Like I could see I would love to see how that turned out. How they originally wanted to do this movie to what we got. I would love I even uh, I even would have been fine with what we got if it was more polished. Like I'm fine with the idea of what we got. It just wasn't executed well to begin with. And then I heard that there was a better ending. And I was like, "Yeah, that's the ending." It's like working it's like finally getting to the end of uh Eyes Wide Shut. And you realize a, a masterful movie ends in the dumbest way possible. Right. <laughs> and then it's like, why? It was so great. This is the ending? Uh, I don't know. Uh, what are your other, uh, your next remarks? Fuck me next to your dead mom. Yeah, that's a memorable scene. This is the new thing you're going to repeat every time we talk for the next month. Hey, Nick. <laughs> Fuck me next to your dead mom, Brian. <laughs> Do it. That was a that was a funny like, I like that that guy was low enough to do all this, but he still had a, like a standard. That was funny to me. He was like, "Wow, that's too far. I'll or, murder my family for money." But or when he kills his brother and he's stabbing him with multiple mm-hmm. tools. Like, I'll do this, but that one thing, no thanks. <laughs> Would you just However, die already? Is this yeah. hard enough? <laughs> he's just looking at him like. Why? It's such a painful yet funny moment hmm. to just look at his at Drake as he looks down at his chest with 
betrayed eyes and he's getting all these fucking tools put into him and he's still standing yeah comedic yet depressing as fuck yeah it's let's... like slapstick really dark slapstick mm-hmm. all right like... let's 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 get to the eulogy eulogy okay so i have two two different versions of my eulogy okay oh wait a minute that's the no my bad voices that's voices oh wrong bit. oh my okay. god ashes to ashes dust to dust may god be with this young man's soul may be rotten rest in peace 2011 and 20 or 2013's you're next whichever you want to look at however you want to look at it I enjoyed this movie and I I completely disagree with Brian's opinion on the the ending of the film even though I said I agreed and disagreed with him at the same time but I'm going to disregard that comment so anyways on this. <laughs> and um I don't know. I really liked the mass killers. The the violent scenes, the dark comedy, everything was amazing. Aaron is amazing as a final girl. Marry me, please. The true motive comes out. <laughs> and uh Yeah, I'm going to bury well, we we have to know how to dispose it of of it. Uh, hmm. So, maybe you can entertain me. My initial proposal, arrow through the skull, is that As you and I would enter a domestic partnership for government benefits with streamlined parental rights. Okay, and then we can grow our podcast network into a wildly successful enterprise. At which point we'd adopt children. And underestimate the lengths to which they would go to get their inheritance from us, the domestic partners who adopted the children, until they begin scheming very ambitious familial slaughters. And on that day, right before they pick up their silverware to kill us over a family dinner, of course, they'll realize why they've never truly ever been hungry or felt love or pondered the nature of things or cherished even connection with friends because we're really fucking rich and we leveraged our friendship with Elon Musk, right? To create our children. What? Nick, and in his image, we created them in his image and to program them to self-destruct on their first adult family reunion, which they attended with their own little clone of Grimes, the popular Canadian musician who was married to Elon Musk. For those of you who don't know. So they're about to put their scheme into action and we're just waiting for the fireworks. And then we realize that one isn't quite like the other. Okay? He's sensitive. He's honest. We love him. He Buddy, loves us. But the world is cruel, need, Nick. I need to Despite pull you out of this. His warmth and sentience. We got, he is programmed just we, like the others. We to have a schedule us. here. And we then have... to die? So we cry. And he cries. And others pick up their silverware and they make their move. And before they get to us, they die horribly, slowly, fall to the floor lifelessly and cold. But our little guy lasts a bit longer. 
It hurts, but he's happy that he could spend just a few moments longer with us, his parents. He dies in our arms, Nick, a bit scared, but finally content, because for the first time in all his life, we held him. We finally understood him, and then he was gone. And, Nick, uncertain of how our relationship could continue, after this trauma, we go our separate ways. Within a I week, want a divorce. the network is deprecated. Within a month, Elon Musk was killed in an FBI raid for reasons that are still an allegation. And within a year, Grimes released a Yoko Ono-esque album of hymns for each one of our children. <laughs> this is okay. very long. It keeps going. And most, no, stop. Most stop. of them were garbage. Stop. But there was one that stuck out. There was one about our sweet boy. We cradled him into that great beyond with the parental love that only two men bound by an artistic mission can muster. The oh, song was called, Oh, Brian. thy men of indifference, ye who birth and brand me, yet have my love all People the same. People are leaving. Our boy this sang it, bit. Nick. This... It was recorded the morning of our family reunion. The end of the Geiger Levisi Musk experimental rocket fuel bloodline. In it, he said that he had never heard those words from us. The words that if spoken among his siblings, they would have resulted in him being dead. Exercised from the community. The words that were the only things that he could ever be certain of. I love you. And you and I, Nick, remembering the life draining from his eyes, looked at each other and remembered what we had. What was it like at the beginning of our relationship? Think back to that. What was it like at the height of our empire? For a moment, we thought, fuck it, let's go back and take it all again. And then we both just kind of laughed. The sun was setting. We were silhouettes over the eastern wing of the Black Lagoon militant compound. That's a story for another time. And then we just kind of shook hands and we left. And we said to ourselves that some things just die. So that was my initial plan. And then I thought it'd be better if we blend the film's brain, like in the movie, when she used a blender on the guy's brain. So I'm going to lay this film to rest with a blender and a copy of Home Alone. Yeah? Did I lose you there? Are you with me? Are you texting me? <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes. There we go. So I'm glad you said Blender. I'm so glad you said Blender because I was thinking, I'm just going to completely write everything he says off to the side and just say, we're putting a fucking Blender in this movie. We're just skull-fucking it with a Blender, yeah. screaming at the top of our lungs in a power yeah. move of, of a scene and just letting all that anger go. When that scene happened... I was like, I was yelling as well. I was mm. fist clenched, body just tense as a it motherfucker. Was, it was intense. And battle cried. <laughs> Such a riveting, moving scene, in my humble opinion. Yeah, great scene. So, uh, yeah, Blender, let's turn this movie's brains into a brain smoothie mm, mm. full of proteins and 
vitamins and a, a, a man shake that even Jeffrey Dahmer would love. Hmm. I like that. And okay. my condolences to the Grimes family. I will be burying this movie. A CD that only has one song on it. That's titled yeah, oh, no, it's him CD. Oh, I see. Looking for the magic by hmm. Dwight Twilly. The Dwight Twilly band. Yeah. And um. Hmm. Does it feel good to do these on the spot? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Glass of orange juice. Okay, okay. that's fair. Yeah. All right. The voices. Well, sometimes, that is better. I'm doing some voices. And I have two very different voices. One of them is deep within my phone. The other is a memory from my past. Okay. So we're going to go with my past first. Okay. <laughs> Switch it up. Let's, let's do something different. So I remember in high school talking to this girl who, let's be honest, I never really got along with because I just didn't, personalities did not mesh. And she just came off as a snobby cunt. But I digress. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> I was talking about how much I really liked this movie after being drugged up from my wisdom teeth removal. And I just really liked this movie. And she said, oh, yes, I remember this movie. I watched it. It was fucking shit. I could see the twists and turns from a mile away was not an interesting movie whatsoever. And that broke my heart because I don't think she really got the full experience that I got. Maybe if I took my prescription medication for my wisdom tooth removal and drug her, hmm. maybe she'll get the full experience. Yeah, that's a very safe line of reason. Yeah, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But no, if even if you see the twists and turns, does it really matter? Does it really ruin an experience? I enjoy uh, a movie for the special effects, good kills, good acting, the reactions that we got in this movie, the interactions, the dark comedy, the masked killers. How just... It can be frustrating because I think it always feels like there's an objective good in movie watching, and there just isn't, you know? Like, I guess it's really easy to feel personally attacked if someone disagrees with you about a movie, but... I feel like she was being very personal about it, though. I wasn't trying to take it personally, but I feel like she was just saying, oh, that movie was shit, just to get to me, on purpose. Which, oh, we're, we're getting into the deeper psychological yeah. reason this is coming up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I just... I see. I feel like she just really didn't like me, which, <laughs> you know what, fine. 
but I am banishing her voice. I see. Laying from, it to rest. Yep. Her corpse. Is this somebody I know? If you knew a girl named Maisie. Don't think so. Okay. Nope. Moving on. <laughs> okay, so that was your first one. Okay. Here's a review from IGN's Chris Tilly. I'm not doing Ebert this time. I think he was dead by the time this movie came out. Poor guy. So for the record, this guy... We can what? get... We can make a seance and get his actual <laughs> yeah. voice. The moment you put your finger up, I got that too. <laughs> All right. For the record, this guy, Chris Tilly, gave 2016's Blair Witch 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. That is like 0.5 points away from what he gave the masterpiece Parasite. 2016's Blair Witch. What? Anyway, disregarding that, I actually like his review of this movie. Uh, here's an abridged version of what he said. What follows is a deadly game of cat and mouse crafted by filmmakers who, knew, uh, who know the classic beats and are equally capable of subverting them. I think that's fair. The threat is real and terrifying. The kills are creative and original, and the cast uniformly uh, is the cast is uniformly excellent, and they expertly handle the film's frequent tonal shifts. Sure, the filmmaker also knows how to keep horror buffs happy. With your next featuring several nods to the genre's past, from the casting of reanimator heroine Barbara Crampton mm -hmm. as the family's matriarch to the 1980s-inspired electronic score that's reminiscent of John, John Carpenter, director Wingard brings. Is that really his last name? Uh, brings a lightness of touch to the film that at times borders on parody. But whenever the feature feels like it's going the way of spoof, he pulls it back by injecting in some tension. Supernatural uh, uh, suspense and genuine horror to proceedings, not supernatural. The result is a true crowd pleaser, a film made by people who clearly love the genre and have skillfully taken a simple premise and infused it with laughs, scares, uh, and crafted a downright entertaining horror film. He calls it the most entertaining horror film of the year. He gives it an 8.5 out of 10. <laughs> so, pretty good. Of course, everything on IGN is over an 8.5 because they probably get a lot of money to make fake reviews. But I do like, I think this guy brings up a lot of good points. Wow, <laughs> we're definitely not getting sponsored by them. Well, if they so sponsor, we will give them a lot of money. No, right? we will not. You wouldn't give IGN money? No. So, you think they're like not? The high point of the game. I will industry not film industry. I'm talking about like getting sponsored by them. I will okay. not sell my soul to something I do not believe in. Okay, it's a great thing that we do believe in. Simply Safe, Squarespace, and meal subscription boxes. Simply we Safe. We both we both pray. We have we pray to that altar all the time. Mm. We yep. are both like you know diehard believers in the the food subscription box. Absolutely, definitely, for sure. So we're ready for, sure. for that subscription call us anyways oh i forgot to say this is probably one of my favorite indie films of all time hmm. so yeah take that as you will so let's go back to how i usually do my voices this is by tilly pj1985 it was posted on the 23rd of Chris April. Chris Tilly's IMDb profile? <laughs> 2014. Gave it a two-star rating. Title it, This Movie Sucked. I'm not sure how this movie has a 6.5 on here. Well, it's a very, very bad movie. 
The characters are constantly doing stupid things that make you say, what the fuck? One girl sees a guy upstairs under the bed. So she bolts directly out the front door into the woods, where guys have been shooting crossbow bolts from. She doesn't grab a phone or tell anybody that she saw a guy upstairs. Uh, okay. And they had a big plan, in quotation marks, to have one of the family members bolt out the door to run past the cell phone jammer and call 911. Basically, the family didn't care at all about this girl. They they were willing to send her out into danger without caring. Then she runs into a wire then cut, that cuts her throat open. As she exits the door, then everybody is upset, even though they were sending her to her death anyway. There were many times I said, what the fuck is going on? These characters are so stupid. Even the killers are complete weakling boneheads. One chick takes them all out. A killer steps through the window, sees a nail in the board... Uh, below the window and steps on it. Anyway, seriously, this movie doesn't deserve the rating. Just like World War Z. Just like Absentia. <laughs> Good horror movies are few and far between these days. It's all overrated garbage. Well, I kind of agree with World War Z, but I feel like you kind of uh, contradicted yourself. Why didn't she grab a phone? Uh, because there was a phone jammer. You even stated that there was a phone jammer. This person clearly just over the head. This movie was enjoyable. This movie was fun, everybody. I enjoyed this movie. Even you enjoyed this movie, I feel. Even me? Even you. I just complimented it for an hour. I had one critique that you really Even took you, to heart. Even you, I feel. <laughs> I feel deep within my bones. I don't know why I feel it, but I feel it. It's there. It's there. It's loud. It's gay. It's proud. What are we referring to? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just I'm just here. Hi, everybody. It was a good movie. Yeah. It was. It was a good movie. It's not my favorite film. It's good. It's better than mm-hmm. a lot of movies that come out. Right. Um there are plenty of spots where it could have been it could have been more of itself. And to me that's a really big compliment. When a movie doesn't miss something or take a misstep, but it could be more of it what it was trying to be, I think that's a really constructive place to be. Mm-hmm. In other yeah, words, sure. if the movie was more of what it was trying to be, it would have been really good, and I really liked it. Um, we should have... rank it out of ten. It mm-hmm. wouldn't rank among my favorite films, but it would be, it would be fair. I liked it. I definitely, I'd give it an eight, for sure. I'd, I'd give it an. It's solid eight. So probably eight and a half. Eight and a half. We'll go there. Uh, but I feel like we should have prefaced this at the beginning of the episode, but. We're doing a theme this year. Oh, shoot. Which yeah. is <laughs> home invasions. So stay tuned throughout all of December, where every Friday we will be talking about a different home invasion film all the way up to Christmas because we have a special treat for you in mind as there's somebody in your house. Ooh. <laughs> Waiting all month. To reveal that person's self, and then you'll find out. But it will take a month. I oh, forgot by the way. I also forgot to mention how mm-hmm. when the dad was uh, yeah, I'm gonna say it too. Was going up and searching the house, and he found the uh, the closet with the water bottles filled with piss, and the blankets and the pillows. I'm like, wow, this actually reminds me of my my studio. 
you know, my closeted studio filled with water bottles full of piss. I feel like the director is stalking me. Interesting take. Stop stalking me. <laughs> I will have you restrained mm. and pegged. No. <laughs> Don't and take me seriously. Because I didn't find a place for it. VHS is a good movie. VHS 2 is okay. Blair Witch was really horrible. I want this director to get back on track. Now it's on the record. Okay. You're next too. Do it. it. Maybe. Maybe so. Up the scale. Make it better. Do it. <laughs> Bring back Aaron. I don't know how. Just do it. Do it. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We yeah, we did it. And guess what? Episode. What? Next Friday... You're next. Whichever movie that we're covering, you're next. You're saying that to the movie? <laughs> yes. You're okay. next. Because we're yeah. slicing and dicing that film next. So we're going the to eardrums of our listeners. <laughs> ah, no. We're going to sp- finger paint with blood. Calligraphy. You're next. Okay. Horrible joke. I'm nothing. I'm I'm behind it. I feel like you're just behind, you're just saying that. I'm behind it. I'm struggling. If you're watching us on video <laughs> right now, I have bags under my eyes, if you can't tell. My my screen is grainy as fuck, but I look like complete horseshit. I promise you, I have been getting a regular night's sleep. I just look like this. <laughs> I look like a heroin-addicted white. Although a I'm heroin-addicted never... white? <laughs> yep. <laughs> this sounds like something we'd hear over like the high school uh, speakers intercom on like anti-drug week and then no one would get over it for a week man okay uh, thank you find us on all of our social media Nick do yeah. you still stream at all uh, I kind of got off track with that but eventually yeah, I okay. will eventually I will get back to streaming and you can find that under Black Lagoon Network just like all of our social medias which is Instagram Facebook Twitter which I don't really post on Twitter but it's there. We're also on Slasher, Black Lagoon Network, again. Um, yeah, so thank you guys for listening. And stay tuned for the next episode in our December special. Yeah, and if you got this far, we appreciate it. And milk if you Nick. could be so dedicated to Milk Nick and then right after that to go on to iTunes. <laughs> I never thought I'd say those words. <laughs> And then right after that, to go on iTunes and leave a review, that would be incredible. That's one of the best things you can do. My co-host is now broken. So if he saw if he saw a really good review, he might come back from the laughing stupor that that sent him into. Thank you. We love you. We'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>